Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OTT, where I discuss everything related to fashion, pop culture, and, well, really, whatever I want. <laughs> Ciao. Today, we have a guest on who has more jobs than Kiki Palmer. Gareth stays in his bag right in, has been, again, in his bag from the beginning of time. This intro is going to be longer than most because sis stays booked and keeps the girl shook. A journalist designer, image maker, stylist, and video game creator. Wrighton has been one of fashion's most exciting and thought-provoking voices since he graduated from Central St. Martin's in 2016. For his final major project, he made a video game entitled The Mall, spelled M-A-U-L, Mall, which took its players into a post-apocalyptic parallel universe where zombies were wearing Wrighton's sickening collection. Alongside his frequent collaborators, Ib Kamara, Kristen Lee Moorman, he made his New York Fashion Week debut in 2018 when they presented a stunning 22 handmade look collection alongside their soft criminal exhibition at Red Hood Labs. Again, forever in his bag, the Knight of Knitwear made his Fashion East debut in the fall 2019 season where his stunning knits were juxtaposed with satirical MAGA-inspired hats, slogans saying things like, my period's late again. Finishing his final season with Fashion East in the fall 2020 season, the designer returned to his video game, The Mall, and brought it back to life raw. Listen, everyone loves talking about disrupting fashion, shaking the table, keeping them shook, making people think. <laughs> but it's really just annoying, and it's not what is true. But Gareth actually makes you think, actually is going to say the things that need to be said. They're going to be like, oh my God, like, what did I just see? But you're like, wow, what a moment. A moment most pleasing to me. You know, who else is going to be making headwear out of Cheetos Chow? Okay. A friend and fellow Britney stan. I am so excited to welcome the Gareth to OTT today. Hey, girl. You said it all. I said it all. You said everything. I could just go home. How I'm are so you? happy to be here. I am so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so, girl, I'm so happy for you to be here because I said this also, I also shouted you out in the Edwin podcast as well. Um, when it comes to people that I just like love to just like speak with, right? Yeah. Because these days the girls are giving lobotomy. Um, and I too would like a lobotomy <laughs> yeah. at some point. But, you know, I don't, I haven't found that like a blacklist doctor yet. You are the person who is just like, your mind is something on another level. Like you are someone that is like a pop culture icon. You You get it, like. You know what I mean? Her thinking cap to stays on. Yeah. To a fault. To a fault. One yeah. thing about us, like our brains stay going. Like they don't, the off switch is broken. There's no like relax. You, you no. can chill because you're always thinking about something that's bugging you. All the time. Girl. And, how it, and, and how it affects the world. And see, cause she also has empathy and that's another thing. And we're going to get into that. Completely. Completely. I have a quick question for you. What sign are you? Gemini. You know what? Also, I just want to take a minute to quickly say shout out to Geminis. Geminis have very shout bad reputations. Yeah. I love Geminis. I think the meme of the Gemini is kind of, it's accurate, but it, it hurts. I'm so sorry, friend. But you know, you guys are, um, <laughs> you can tell like that. No, but like, I'm thinking you guys are actually one of the most loyal signs. And like, you can hold a conversation. And I think estimate the importance of a conversationalist. Well, Geminis are the communicator. Exactly. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, Ib, Keishan, Azealia Banks. Yeah. Legend. Judith Watt. 
Judith Watt icon, queen, legend. Yeah. Oh, my angel. I like to always ask everyone, how are you doing in quarantine? You know, this is a crazy ass year, crazy ass time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm fine. I have my health. Like, it's fine. I'm with cats. I'm with my family. On that level, like, it's all good. I can't complain. How um, many cats do you have? We adopted two cats the week before lockdown. They've grown up with us. All they know is just everyone's at home. It's the cutest thing in the world. They're the muses at the moment. Oh my God, so is um, that next season? Next season is like cat-sized clothes. Cat-sized yeah. clothes. Are we calling Andrew Lloyd Webber? Are we doing a collab? It's, um, it's everything the film promised but didn't deliver, you know? Let me, um, let me take a drink to that. Yeah. I wish you guys could do this. Gareth has the cutest little ponytail, little pigtails right now. Okay, she's giving Pippi. It's really much a look. It's really much a mood. To start off, I want to ask you a quick question. You are someone who, in your work, because again, let's remember, she's a journalist first. She always likes to make this known. Were you always the kid growing up that like you always questioned everything? I think so. I think you have a little a, a little period of being a kid where you're like ignorant as all hell, mm. and then you kind of wake up. And I think I, I did have that kind of relatively early, like maybe like mid-teens, where you're just like, because I was very sort of present online. So I was seeing like very early Twitter culture and it kind of forced me to be like, oh, this is weird, you know? Yeah, like it's getting weird. Um, not it's to getting age, weird. Getting weird. Not to age you, but what, like what generation? 93, of, 93. 93. Age okay. Me, yeah. So 93. I'm just trying to figure this out. So were you, a my, were you of the MySpace era? Like, were you, did you have AI? I, like didn't waste my time with MySpace, but I was kind of, you, you're aware of, you're aware of it. You, know? you, 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 you know read the room, is. of course. One of the first on Facebook, one of the first on Twitter, that's like my vibe. But mm. as well, I was on Twitter, it was like Rihanna Stan Twitter. Oh. You know, circa, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's, that was my upbringing. Of, that, of like, oh, shit's real. Like, <laughs> this, this is fucked up. Because I know, you know, it's so funny, when I was getting ready for this interview, I had to hype myself up because not only are we both Britney stands, but obviously we love Rihanna, all right? When you're 17, I think that's like, it's like genetic. A lot of Britney stands are also Rihanna stands. And something there. It's something there. It's like, and do you remember when they did the S&M remix? Were you like, was that yeah. like the biggest yeah, thing yeah, of yeah. your life? That was very, that was the moment that was most pleasing to me. It was, and you knew it was a cash cow at the same time. And it went number one. And everyone was in on it. And everyone was in on it. Exactly. It was that wonderful era where everyone just kept re-releasing their songs to get that number one. It's like when number one still meant something. Remember Katie and Kanye on ET. And you know what? I'm not gonna lie. First of all, we talk about fallen soldiers, okay? It really hurts. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm not talking about Kanye. That's all I'm talking about. It really hurts my spirit that Teenage Dream is one of the best pop albums of the 2010s, and she messed it all up by being a bird. And you know what? Katy Perry used to make fun of Britney's mental health and see what happens when you do clownery. See what happens. I, yeah. Do you remember this? I watched that live. I never mm-hmm. watched Red Carpets live, but for some reason I was tuned in. Mm-hmm. And I watched it happen and I thought, ooh, oh, that's not going to age well. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It didn't. But and- Katy Perry, I've been thinking a lot about Katy Perry. She is a work of pop art. There is something so fascinating to Teenage Dream, the era. There was to that. It was an incredible era. It was incredible. It was a great era. It just... Hit after hit. Exceptional. And see, and she gave it all up for what? A shaved head joke on the red carpet. Anyway, moving on, because I don't want to speak about the negative. I want to speak about the positive. 
my angel, my queen, my legend, fashion provocateur, when was it that you first kind of got into fashion? When was your first kind of aha moment? I think there were like many. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking recently, like the first garment I ever made was like a pair of jeans, like mm-hmm. in The Sims 2. You used to be able to make like custom clothes. And like, it was a kind of prophetic moment, like being 12, making this like digital garment. The year is 2005. It's, it's like, it was like a different world to be making a garment of that caliber. But mm-hmm. like, she knew, she knew, she knew. And then... I kind of, you know, you think you want to do art and then you realise, no, you don't. And then you think you want to do fashion design and then you realise, no, you don't. And then you discover this thing called fashion communication and you think, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to take pictures. I want to take pictures. You only to, you know, give us a a bag after this, like, promo right here. Um, And for you, because we're going to get into the mall because, again, in my mind, I'm like, bitch, how do you even do that? Like, your mind... Growing up, were video games something that were always quite important to you? They were, for sure. And, but I'm one of those people I would watch my brother play video games mm-hmm. because I'm not at all competitive. Like, I don't have a competitive bone in me. I do not give a shit, like, <laughs> really deep down. I yeah. do not give a shit. And this, mm-hmm. these pixels won't make me feel a certain way. Hence, I play The Sims. But then I'd watch my brother play, <laughs> like, I'd watch my brother play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And it was this 10 hour long movie of like, it was exceptional to watch. And it was, it was more stylized than cinema. There were these blocky polygonal like figures. There's just, it was just so immersive. So I adored it. And I, I was sort of brought up on that really long form interactive media. So it's like, that's what I knew. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I bought ID when I was 15, because I didn't. Did did anyone really read their mother's Vogue? Really? Because everyone says they did. But no, I watched watched my brother play video games, and then I wanted to dress like these video game characters. that That is true. Like, at least, listen... Everyone has the same recycled like fashion memory story, and like at least yours is yeah. like your own. You know what I mean? My People always say they made dolls for their sister, like they made clothes for their sister's dolls and shit. No, I was like cutting off their heads. No. Do you know what I mean? Mine was literally just like I was with my grandmother, and she bought her first fur coat. I'm a vegan, and I was like, wow, like <laughs> this is like this is rich bitch shit. You, re- you had this one interview, and I loved what you said because you were talking about how like again, like a fashion magazine is like bound by a spine so there's always going to be like that beginning yes. and end and like you know in a fashion it's film, linear it's linear it's linear right? it's there's linear. a one way to do it the editor like, has had the final say mm-hmm. there's a spine you can't do anything else to a magazine but read it front to back mm-hmm. but then with a game it's like they've built this environment and then it's up to the audience to play it how they want up down left right there's so many ways around it that's the future like come on Absolutely. I'm quite curious for you um, of obviously these have been crazy ass times and people have had to like present their collections in different ways. What has been your favorite kind of alternative presentation of a show that you saw this season? When I really think, I thought Maddie Bovan was exceptional. Okay. I thought it was really, really brilliant. And I think it came out yesterday. I really enjoyed the Moschino show. Mm, I really enjoyed it. 
with the Jim Henson puppets. Yeah. Like, to turn Gigi Hadid into a Muppet. Yes. That's perfect. Good. It was, and it was taking Moschino back to Moschino. It was, really, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. And it was fun. no, yeah, it was, and it was uh, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, twist your nipple, fab. Fab. Doing it for the girls, for the gays, for the theys. I thought it was cinematic. It was, it was really well done. Look at you, Jeremy. Growth. We love to see it. We I love it. We listen, listen, we, we applaud growth at every step of the way. You know what? Jeremy Scott was actually the first designer that kind of caught my attention because he was the one dressing Rihanna back in the day. The, the toxic stewardess costume. Mm. Do you know what I mean? These are Absolutely. the formative references. These are the formative references. So, can I ask you your top five? Because we're both pop culture girls and I feel like we both probably came oh into like fashion the same way. Because like I was again, I was, you know, like entertainment first and then I went into fashion. Yeah. You like, what were yours? Because I want to, yeah. Well, I say leading off of that as well, like I obviously didn't read these magazines, but I watched the music videos. Absolutely. David The reason I'm here. Here, period. Yeah. The dad I never had. The dad I never, well, I have, anyway. Therapy, anyway. The dad I never had. David LaChapelle, everything. Let's talk about every time. Let's talk about dirty. Every motherfucking time. Let's talk about heartbreak. I went through about, every time I would have a bath for a decade, I would reenact the every time video. For real. <laughs> I'd girl. do that with like a fake, fake Kabbalah bracelet. Like Shout out to Kabbalah. Thread. Shout out to Shout Kabbalah. Out to Kabbalah. <laughs> Kabbalah's doing better. <laughs> so, um, Gwen Stefani, rich girl. Absolutely. I mean, like a painting akin to like Michelangelo in its depth and texture and mm. exceptionalism. The anyway, we could, we could we do could a talk about this, Mr. We could do, absolutely. But for you, so was it like, okay, so you said Britney and the stewardess, you said Rihanna. What, so those were kind of your first... Are we talking like top five looks? Like top five like looks that were like, as a child, the, formative, the yeah. formative looks, the formative looks. Formative looks. Another one has to be Beyonce and the Versace, Crazy in Love. Absolutely. The orange and the pink Absolutely. in front of the fan. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. We see each you know, other. If I ever did Versus, if I ever did Versus, I'd reissue that one dress. That's the collection. And that's the dress that people Could should be imagine? looking at instead of J-Lo that's, in yeah. that Rainforest Cafe outfit. Anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what it's like? The dead horse has been beaten so it's glue. hard. It's glue. That dress it's is glue. glue. That dress is glue. It's gorilla glue. It's yeah. <laughs> I can't. Um, other really important looks. Rihanna in Umbrella. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That was with her little, her fresh haircut. Mm. It was really exceptional. And... Oh, let's have some variety. I mean, not variety, but truth, you know? What was, you know... What that's made you, what made you what, gag? What made you gag? Do you know what I mean? Like, And I think, oh, me gets the music, Britney Spears, pinstripe suit, teal collar, black tie, no shirt, oh, trilby, or fedora. Mm. Wait. Either. Either. Her hair, this, the smoky eye, it's mm. never has a mug been more exceptional than Britney and me against the music. She looks, that's how I think I look. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, thank you. 
so yeah, that's, that's, and, and the thing is, I look at these looks and I think, oh, that's the way I dress. That's the way that I think of looks. That's the mm. way that I draw looks. Like it's the most peculiar thing. You, you think about your early references yeah, and just how present they are. It's, a, it's crazy the way that like, the, like the things that we go back to. Yeah. Like in our mind, because yeah. we're on the same, like, you and I, again, like we see each other. Cause for me, it's like, Christina and Dirty with the Chaps. Yeah. They shout out, shout out every time the B cap. Oh, the B with the yeah, B, with, with the mess with yeah. the messy ass hair. You know what my really yeah. random one is, but you're gonna understand it. And this is how I see myself. How you just said this is how I see myself. You know Britney and the Do Something video. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah, the yeah. fake with the fake Louis Vuitton print, her with the little fur and like the dirty blonde hair and the little crop yeah. top. That's how I wanna be. That, Isn't one trouser leg is shorter than the other? Ag- absolutely. Yeah. Am I Mr. That really random original doll era of like her and the My Prerogative, which you cut that, listen, chef's kiss. I feel like that video shoot smelled like makeup wipes, you know? Makeup wipes. It just gives me that. It and Carl's gives me Jr. That cleansed. And, yeah. Yeah. But like, but like nice Carl's Jr., you know what I mean? Like she went to a hotel and like asked, can I get the Carl's Jr. like <laughs> burger, but like from you guys. And they like made it. We could do Didn't this all Louis day. Louis hate that video. I heard Louis Vuitton hated that video. They sued her. Yeah, they sued her, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if, listen, oh, if, you no. been, listen, if you haven't been sued, you haven't done something right, period. Okay? Yeah. We're going to get back to- that one gay production designer? <laughs> Girl, please. Like, probably White Dapper Dan on his shit. Anyway. um, (laughs) Anyway, we're going to get back to our girls in a second. But I wanted to talk to you because you you came up in an era, right? Your graduating class was very strong. And you guys were all friends. And I think it's very important. I love seeing girls who support girls who support girls, okay? Women who support other women, right? Your class is very strong. Sam Ross, Ib. Campbell Addy, what was it that you think was in kind of the ether? Assie Bachman, icon, queen, my best friend. What was it in the ether of that time that you think made that kind of group so special? I really don't know. It, but like, it's something to cherish. One thing I really think is like the state of the industry when we entered the course, mm. completely different to the industry that we exited the course into you look back to 2012 when we started and it's almost naive mm. the idea of like almost like we weren't always on the gram there we, there was something untouchable and something that was incredibly tangible so maybe that's something we shared um mm. but it is you get chills looking back and thinking about like the first crit with Libby and Cami and these are global iconic image makers, game changers now. Mm. And we were there in the room with them, telling them their pictures are shit, you know? (laughs) 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 And, but we shared, we were all so ugly together and we were all so, and we all failed together and we all succeeded together. And it's like, and that's, it was at a time the industry wasn't really preying on students as much and that sort of followed. And I think, we had a chance to make mistakes and mm-hmm. make like original work that wasn't derivative. And, you know, it, it was like, it's like beautiful when you think about it. 
thing that I kind of don't love is magazines jumping on student work and publishing student work before they've even, you know, had a chance to make ugly work. I think it's I think really a lot of people are making palatable work for likes and, you know. Absolutely. I think that's a thing that is very true because I think I, as I graduated this year, I think I was yeah. just, I was at the fine line of like, I was on my way out as that was continuing to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very glad that like, listen, I was a train, train, a train wreck probably first three <laughs> years. Let's be honest. That was my nickname. No, that actually was my nickname in high school. Like T-R-E-Y-N-W-R-E-C-K, train wreck. Like I was a trainer for the first three years. Didn't you learn so much from it? I learned so much. So formative. And I don't even, you know, it's so funny. I don't even relate to the same person that I was before the yes. lockdown. It's like I've yeah, had a complete I've... metamorphosis and sense of self. And I think that is something like, how can you, how can you grow? Like, I feel like school should be an incubator. Like you should at yeah. least be able to be a mess, be a clown, be a fool, be a buffoon. Deal with that. Figure out your shit and then move on. Yeah, get it out. You know of what system. I mean? Get it out of your system because it's so funny because I used to remember I used to cry back in the day. I was like, why, I, why is it not happening for me now? Why is it not doing this? And I'm thinking to myself, would I have been ready for that? No, absolutely not. No. No, I would, Betty Ford incoming, please. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I will say you and I have been very lucky, but I'm telling you, like, I don't understand why it's your first week and you're on, on Granary. What is it? What does that do for you? Do you know what I mean? You actually can't. Really? Yeah. And also that level of anxiety, like you already have enough pressure internally, like you figuring out your shit, this, that, the next. And then what? Like this magazine's like, but also like, cause you also don't, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So you don't yeah. know that like you can say no to things because when you see it, you're like, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. And then you're like, yeah. wait, why did I do that? Now, why? They make you, they make you think you should be grateful for them to even give you the time of day. And that's what and that's what we need to also talk about because people yeah. really that level of entitlement of like okay you're you're lucky to be here when in reality like people this is the thing about fashion like, people are fake as hell so like you can always like say no and then you do your thing and then people are like oh my god wow like come come back around come back around so just say just that and in the words of the Reagans and I never quote them often just say no <laughs> <laughs> just say no girl. I didn't come here to quote the Reagans. <laughs> I didn't listen. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't either. But you know what? It, maybe it's the pink. Maybe it's the pink hair. Maybe it's you know. Maybe I'm it's my the gin, sis. <laughs> now you know what? Don't don't be exposing me on like on my own platform. <laughs> um. So now to the mall. Now Excuse to the, me. Now now to the mall. Now to read the room. You know, black people have been through enough. <laughs> Now to get into the mall because let's talk about let's talk about a cultural reset. Let's talk about people doing things that haven't been done. Period. We happen to be in a time where we're in the extinction of the mall, especially in America. Like those are closing left, right, brick motor gone left, right. The department store is dead, deadified. Again, it's glue. Very annoyed that the industry had not taken any accountability, any action, any real internal look in the mirror after the whole Rana Plaza situation, talk to us about the mall. Talk to us about where you were in your headspace at that time. Because you made the girls gag, asphyxiate. It was, yeah, one of the original impetuses was absolutely fuck fast fashion. Mm. Like, can't relate. 
haven't been on the high street in years. Mm. Not oh. my vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it really difficult to talk about them all now because it happened so long ago. And mm-hmm. so all the original ideas have just become like my own canon now. They're, they've just become who I am. Absolutely. So it's so it's so weird to stop and think about what the hell was I going on about with them all mm-hmm. originally. But as well, like, throughout the 2010s, we all were faced with the death of them all. It was the sort of, I know, I'm from Watford, in Watford, our town centre is based around a shopping centre that is the sort of the lifeblood and then the beating heart. And then to watch it die is to watch a town die, to watch a community die. So there was something really interesting there like as a topic that I really wanted to do. And then I thought, well, I'm in the fashion industry and everyone's going online. The visual motif of a dead mall is just so profound and sublime. Mm. And like everything they'd promised to us for decades was a fucking sham. And like, that's the motif, run with it. In like horror movies, they always, you know, in zombie cinema, they're always trying to get to the mall. That's the end game because it's so, it's full of ammo, it's full of canned goods, it's Mm. a safe checkpoint. And then for the mall to be overcome with zombies and collapse symbolizes the Western world has collapsed. Nothing's all right. So, I mean, this is just scratching the surface from all everything that I was trying to talk about with the mall. Again, it's so hard to sort of quantify it because now it's just become so ingrained in what I do. Mm. Um, it was apocalyptic in tone. It was about the last kids on earth being, you know, stuck in a shopping centre. It was just, these are like cliched Hollywood tropes, but I was kind of, let's make confession, like let's make them sick Martin. And, you know, again, you've talked about this before, like what would you know when we all listen they just said we have seven years i'm trying to be out by five yeah whoever has like the worst karma who like has to come back to earth whoever because listen my karma's fine enough i'm not coming back whoever whoever (laughs) whoever listen whoever's unfortunate enough to have to reincarnate let's say the year 3000 right and you're left with like the 2020 scraps of what we've been given in this world what would they make their clothes out of that's like exactly my practice they'd make their clothes out of cheetos I, uh, they'd make their clothes out of makeup wipes. You know, the, the idea for the makeup wipes was they tell you not to flush them down the toilet because they don't degrade. Mm. So we're just going to have a landfill of makeup wipes. And you think, oh, they're just going to spin them into yarn and knit jumpers out of them, aren't they? All these bags of Cheetos, they're going to become like a currency. They're going to become the new gold. They're the new Bitcoin. It's the new Bitcoin, no? Like, yeah. Like G-strings that's, out of flat tummy tea. It sounds ridiculous to say, but that's exactly where my mind's been at for the last five years. And I just feel like it could come true now. I think it could. And I, I'm going to ask you a question because for me, right, I don't usually talk about sustainability only because like there are people who usually more, they know more than me, right? Like I'm going to like speak to other people about it. I'm going to speak to consumption. How do you feel about the industry and the sustainability and the PR around sustainability and the PR around consumption. Because to me, it's just like, now how, it's very much that idea of like, how are you burning sage and you're the devil? I'm starting to think that sustainability is a thing in fashion to make the kids feel guilty for wanting a career. Ooh. You know, 
Everyone always talks to me because of the way that I've positioned my work. Everyone talks to me, wants to talk about sustainability and it's fab and we all know it's the future. But I'm kind of like, I'm at a point where I can't say what I do is sustainable anymore because I make clothes. I mean, they're all one-offs. They're all made out of stupid objects. They're made of Cheetos. You know, they degrade. Maybe that's my, that's what I have to offer for sustainable clothes. I mean, the vest that I knit out of my own hair, that's as sustainable a garment as you'll ever find on the London Fashion Week catwalk. Okay. Like it's it's done, but it's the most hideous cursed object that no one will ever buy. You know, fashion at, at its core, it could never be sustainable. And can and like, there's just something so inherently unsexy about sustainable fashion. <laughs> you know, the most boxy, placid, hempy, ugly clothes yeah. that are just meant to please everyone, but they please no one. So let's have sexy sustainability, no? Yeah, I agree with that because I've never seen like like hot sustainable clothes. I've never seen it. Yeah. Where is the sustainable G-string? Where is it? Right, yeah. I think it's the candy ones. You know, the ones that are made of candy on elastic. The floss ones. The fl- <laughs> yeah. Good. Listen, good for your dental hygiene and the world. So again, you stay in your bag. You stay busy. This is what I'm saying. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was a bit nervous to do this because I was like, you've done so much. And like, you stay, listen, you stay and your Kiki Palmer having a job with you, Kiki Palmer, Sierra. There's like a crop of people who like, I just feel like they're always like doing something, right? You're always like, wait, she, and then you can, my bangs are like flipping because I'm like, are you, she's doing this now? She's doing this. I was very fortunate. Thank you very much. To have at least been blessed to be a part of the soft criminal experience. And what's so funny about this is I know, now that I know you personally, and I know the way that your brain works, right? And that you're always so fixated on something. I remember when I pulled up to Red Hook Labs and I was like, <laughs> so happy. You, you know what I mean? Very like Taylor Swift, like back in her early days. Like, oh my God, wow, you guys are all here for me. I was just so enthralled, so excited to be there. When I walked in, you had this incredible board, right? of all of the characters in this project, this Venn diagram, and like just the level, just the meticulous level of detail and attention that went into everything. And I'm going to have you talk about the whole project, the backstory, all this, that. But like when I walked in, I see this, and I'm like, but wow, right? Then I see the clothes and I'm like, but wow. And then I see the other bitches on the board and I'm like, I mean, I'm cute, but like, but wow. It was a true, hold on, I'm really, I didn't, do well in is it geometry with like the angles it was a full 360 experience that like if you if you were god's favorite or like one of their favorites you were able to attend can you please talk to us about soft criminal what it represented how you got there how you how everything because i want the kids to know what they missed yeah thank you because um, that is that's kind of how i first got to do i was trying to think when did i first meet you and i think it was when i was helping ibi do my well her ba show yes i yes, think yes, that was yes. when i first met you yeah and i think was it was like too. a week before we just went to south africa oh my god wow yeah and and then it was a year later we finally showed so it was a whole thing well, but, it was um, a, well we had a full circle moment this a full thing Stuff criminal, what does it represent? It's Project Zero to me. Mm. It was like all the themes, everything that I'm kind of passionate about and want to talk about in my work were present in that 
body of work. Me and Ib always threw around like, oh, we have to make a collection together. Like, it would just be hilarious. And that was it. Self Criminal was it. Just moved to moved to Johannesburg for three months and then an extra month the next year to actually shoot everything. It was just as kind of as decadent as you could get. As like, what a treat just to spend three months making clothes with like your friend and Kristen, this incredible photographer from Johannesburg. I mean, what the, the we kind of landed on that look because I was thinking I just wanted to fuse what Ib was doing at that time with what I was doing at that time. So it was mm. Ib's final project and the mall paired together and you got these gorgeous, like skinny silhouettes. These again, you know, the last people on earth. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And it is, you just look at that. I was kind of rereading some of the characters and you just think, oh my God, what the hell were we on? Like, <laughs> what, you know, who hurt us for us to be talking about like this? But it is, it's, it's, it was incredibly original, the whole thing. It was, it was just inspired by like wanting to build a world of characters, wanting to build two sides in a war, three sides in a war even. And yeah, it was just, it was, inc- it was global as well. It was made in Africa. You know, I lost half the clothes in Dubai. What? Yeah. When I was coming back a month before we had to show in New York, a bag went missing. Oh my God. It was chaos. It was chaos. But we got it in the end, of course. Oh, you, oh, oh my God. Oh my god! Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no. Pzz, I was oh, it came like, to my door a week later. I was like, are the, I was like, were these the lost? Were these the lost files? Like, are the girls Imagine. on eBay gonna like hike this up for like a milli? Oh my god, girl! I was, I was like, what was, was, was that? Was when the worst, oh, like the worst week of your life? That was the worst week of my life. Yeah, but then I was, I don't know. It, it was just the two year anniversary of it, and I always think it was like Friday the thirteenth. I think anyway. <laughs> um, or was it the 14th? Because my last show last year was Friday the 13th. It follows me. It follows me. But I just remember it was me, Shikasti in New York, Jin and Isaac on hair, Daniel yeah. on mug. It was just a it family was, affair. It was the most attractive people in New York, but all in one room at the same time. This, I will say this. I'm thin, but like I was like, these bitches are... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you Ooh. know what? That they just they make them different in New York. It's like it's just a different fit. It's beautiful. Yeah, That's and it was. And and the thing is, there's like there's no good footage of it. Like you had to be there. And it, but that's what I'm saying. It truly was an experience. That's what I love. It's in the ether somewhere. And like, if you were there, you were there. And if you remember it, you remember it. Yeah. It like it clashed with Mark Jacobs and a Savage show, I think. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, I remember this. I remember. Do you remember? This. Yeah. Yes. Like, and look at it now. Like, did Mark Jacobs even show this season? And like, y'all are still here doing your <laughs> separate thing. No, but that's not. No, that's not shade. Please, girl, FBI. These are not my words. No, no, shade. There's no, people no, who we knew that would rather go to a Mark Jacobs show than come to Self Criminal, and I just think they missed out on history. And mm. and look at how, hey clown, I see you have your clown outfit on. <laughs> but it's so funny because you said who hurt us but in reality look at where we are today our world more than ever is filled with what soft criminals very much the type of white collar just like things that you would think it's another level of kind of like treachery and like power and like 
at least you guys did it with flair and like it was you know fiction but for you that's the thing we were using fiction we were just looking at such corruption in the world mm. and thinking oh we have to make fashion imagery about this like th- this is it this is the story of the times to tell what a wonderful medium to do it in it's just costume dressing up as just kings and queens and assassins you were the hitman you were the yeah. king's assassin. I was an assassin. I lo- I'm thinking I loved. It. I had a little gun, and I even you you kept seeing me backstage. I was like swinging that shit around. I was like, let me not break this, but like I felt like empowered. I felt good. I felt. And do like you think bitch. the world has the world's never been the same since we put a mask on your head? So I kind of I'm worried that that may be one of the triggers for this. Now you're blaming. So you're blaming me on my own podcast. I'm blaming the mask we put on your head. Because you, because I, I, at first I was kind of like, why are they putting a mask on my head? But then I was like, it's fine, it's a character, let me out, let me get in my bag. We didn't put a mask on your neck, so. Because it's long. It was a thing of the times. And again, look at the times we're living in now. And my pop culture queen, I wanted to ask you, when you first heard about this college admission scandal, what was your first thought? I thought it's just when, like, life imitates art. Like, it was pure... <laughs> Desperate Housewives, no? Yeah, and it literally was a Desperate Housewives. (laughs) My first instinct was to look, I found the video, you know, when Lynette announces she has cancer and she rips her own wig up. And I just remember using that as a gift back in the day. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) But it it is, it's just one rule for them, one rule for us. Absolutely. But what a beautiful visual, what a beautiful sort of something that can really galvanise the public. It was, it, everyone could have an opinion on it because it was so close to home. It also wasn't people that like you would expect to be like the worst. Do you know what I mean? It's also, it's one like, we all know they do it. We all, but also and, then, the, and it's like for people to be like surprised and you think, oh my, oh, people are naive. I think I wasn't even surprised. My thing was more like, if you have that much money, right, can you at least just do what other rich people do? Just buy a building? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my thing was just like, I hate, I hate, I, I think I've a, I really have like a true disdain for dumb, right? So for me, I was kind of like, you're going to go through all of these back doors when you can literally just like buy a fountain, mm-hmm. buy, you know what I mean? Buy, honestly, buy, like, buy a child, right? Like, just, do you know what I mean? Do some, do you know what I mean? I was kind of just like, all of this for what? And speaking of yeah. the cancer, do you remember in the first season when Lynette lied about her kid having cancer so she could, so she could go to a yoga class? How yeah, the tables... Yeah. How, <laughs> and, then, and then what happened? She got cancer. Now see... <laughs> wait, did they do the whole seven-year karma thing then? Did they wait five seasons, seven seasons for I her think to they did, the because remember, it was the first season and she was like, I'm so stressed. And like, homie oh was bald. And they were like, oh my God, what happened to your kid? And she was, oh, you know, he's really sick. I mean, as well, a beautiful show. A beautiful show. Like, a really beautiful show. When it would, it would show in the UK with adverts for Herbal Essences, oh. it, was, it was iconic. That's just, that's, again, formative childhood. Can I ask you a question? Just Which... watch these white women on TV every Wednesday. And then Gabby. <laughs> and then Gabby. <laughs> which desperate housewife did you... white women um, and Gabby. Exactly. Which, um, which uh, housewife did you relate to the most growing up? Um, I think... I always thought I was Lynette. I really fucked with Lynette. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not my own wig. But which, I mean, what was her storyline? She was like... She was deep down. She was a businesswoman, but she was forced to be a mother. Yeah. I, 
to be honest, I can't relate to that. <laughs> um, I'm probably more, anyone that knows me would think I'm Brie Vanderkamp. Okay. But am I, is this such like a Terry Hatcher thing to say, a Susan thing to say? Also, let's talk about how Susan is, was the worst. Susan was Karen. Susan was Karen. Susan was actually Susan like, was a Karen. <laughs> like, there was no justification for Susan. I never understood why she was there. I never understood how they put up with her. Do you remember when Vanessa Williams joined? Finally. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh, my God. And was that around the time they had the gay couple as well? I can't. I can't, you know what's so funny? I can't even, I mean, obviously I can, like, please. But when you look at shows from, like, as, like, 1999 to, like, as, like, 2005 is my very specific time period with this. And the way that they dealt with, like, gay characters, whether they made every trans character a punchline. Like, when you watch, especially in sitcoms, when you watch it back, it's actually just so, like, and it's, it's every, really you can, big. it's re- it's yeah. relentless. And it's, that, and it's very interesting because I feel like at least... I don't know if you've saw this, but at least in like like eighties, nineties, like at least, at least there could be some nuance, right? But it was like, especially, you know what? You know exactly very, what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's very interesting to rewatch those plot lines of like the trans character as the punchline. Just and it just, I think it's a testament to the cultural shift that's happened in the last ten years, mm. where something like that does kind of it gets immediately under your skin, and you kind of. It just stands out as weird. And as well, I think it's also a testament to when you hang out in St. Martin's that long, that mm. forms your eye incredibly. And you're just surrounded by people who sort of, it's just a separate world. Mm. It's a bubble. And that's maybe the a problem with St. Martin's is how much of a bubble it is. Yeah. When you left, did you, did you have trouble like having to deal with okay, this world is not a bubble. Uh, yeah, yeah, completely, completely. You go from somewhere that just says everything you do is exceptional. Mm. At a university that's telling you to fuck the system and then, you know, cock a snooker anyone. And then you're expected to go into an industry where they want you to kind of worship the ground they work on. Mm. And conform and just kind and of, conform. and be obedient when we're all taught to just be like, fuck that. And make a mood board and, you know, and, it's it doesn't set you up for the reality in the slightest that's what maybe your placement year should do and then of course i just like did fuck all of my placement year what did you do in your placement year i did stuff with charles for lover boy fab was what was when he was starting out with fashion east i mm-hmm. just made some websites had an art exhibition found them all yeah, I learned how to make video games. That's what I did. Look, look, but look where I got her, okay? I know. And speaking of Fashion East, she's she did a three-peat, okay? Shout out to our queen, our icon, our everything, Lulu Kennedy. Shout out to the Fashion East team. Celebrating 20 years. 20 years, okay? That's insane. An actual true supporter of youth and young talent. Because a lot of people I was thinking back to like one of the first fashion shows I ever watched, like on like, you know, remember when YouTube was like 144p mm. pixelated yeah. and it was the early Gareth Pugh and, and you think, oh, that was fashionist. It's so charming. It's so wonderful to think. And now you're part of that history. Yeah. It's very sweet. And what was it that made you want to do it? 
I was like, I came out after Soft Criminal and I'd, we'd just done these like unwearable clothes. Mm. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I've got like a wearable garment in me. Like I just had that itch. And then I just, I just remembered the fashionist backstage at the Loverboy show. It's just sort of, it was just so cool. And thinking like, oh, I wonder if they'd be into it. Because, and as well, I just had the most incredible imposter syndrome of being like the kid that didn't study design, mm. who doesn't know how to block a pair of trousers, turning up and being like, can I show with you? And I just think it's kind of a testament to Lulu that she was like, yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool. Absolutely. And I just turned up with these like offensive jumpers and said, yay, let's do it. <laughs> From your first show, because also I remember when I saw your show, and I, listen, this is actually, when I talk about getting, this is how I want to look, right? When you presented those, first of all, it was just, you know what? You made knitwear sexy to me. Because when you had, it was just the fit of the knits in the very, that opening trouser. Absolutely. Yeah. That was like, so refined, so chic, but still like, it was like, you know, it was like when Britney says she wants to be shabby chic, that's what I think she would like to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like, if she could have that in her closet when she walks up and down the hallway 20 times, like, for repentance. That's, you know, that's, like, my dream. That you need, to get, you need to get in the closet because she only wears the same yeah. five things. So imagine if you were in her five staples. Imagine her in one of my little tea dresses. Absolutely. Like, it's so bad. I no? see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. So let's Brittany, talk. if you're listening. Brittany Jean Spears, if you're listening... Gareth would love to send you some pieces uh, for yeah. the FedEx pickup. I might cover it because it's her. I literally, I don't care. She would, okay. Um, icon. Yeah. Let's talk about your first season because you've always, again, been someone that's going to shake the table. You know, I have looks that we're going to talk about. I have a question for you. This is actually something I've, actually, I've always wanted to ask you because rightfully so. so, I'm American, but again, I don't claim that land that was stolen Rightfully so. You always keep your foot on America's neck. Do you feel like your work would sometimes be viewed differently if you showed in America? Completely. This is like an outsider's eye, Mm. without a shadow of a doubt. And and it's and it's like it's not even like a conscious decision. It's just Mm. I remember starting that show and what was that I wanted to talk about with it? It was just the, the idea of like the failures of the free love movement and the Mm. sort of environmental catastrophe. And then obviously the perpetual wildfires were just going on. And I thought, oh, that's such a wonderful motif. And then I just kept looking at like the great American landscape, biblical in scale. It's sublime. It's beautiful. Colorado. Do you know what I mean? These mountains. And you think, oh, it's, it's like, it's America is like the most beautiful case study in virtuality. It's mm. just, it's something that it says it is on the surface and then it's nothing of the sort. It really even scratch the surface. And that became this really potent analogy for like the fashion industry and then all like a really good analogy of like just the world we live in, the Western world we live in. Mm. Um, and so I just kind of, and as well, like when you think about how we started off this podcast, we were just talking about the pop culture I grew up with and it's Britney and it's I grew up worshipping these American divas Mm. and you think that was just 
it is growing up in Britain, you can't help but be so heavily informed by what's going on across the pond. Mm -hmm. It's kind of really, it's like a really kind of like Warhol one. That's, that is the culture is what sort of we soak up. So yeah, again, it was kind of coming from so many points, but I just think to be a kid online right now, you can't help but be informed by what's happening in America. Absolutely. And I, because I remember, girl, listen, I remember when I saw that pink dress with the beautiful sleeves, and then I saw them bullet, that little bullet bra turns around, and I was like, rude. But, but it's, but it's, <laughs> but you know what? It's true that because, again, when we talk about, let's actually talk about like engaging and invoking conversation. I don't know about you, but I remember, go, I used to have those lockdown drills like once a term where like, because again, I was, on a, I was on an open campus, right? So like they would, like, they would let us know the day before. And it's like, we'd, if you were in a classroom, we'd have to like, again, like close the blinds. You'd like sit under the desk, couldn't make a sound. Your phone had to be off. Like if you were like still walking when the bell went off, you were fucked. Like that was, sorry, girl, you're out. That's Do you know what I mean? It was, wild it to was, me. And when I think about like, probably as a kid, like I didn't even recognize that as trauma because I was like, it's just so normal. Yeah. yeah. And this is so sad, but this is probably the saddest thing I've ever like said. When the lockdown happened, the first thing I thought to myself was like, at least there'll be like less school shootings this year. That was actually one of my first thoughts. Oh my God. But yeah. no, but do you know what I mean? Because at least, because there's no, because you're not going to be in school. And that's sadly the reality of the situation. That's the thing. I'm as well like i don't even think it's like a morbid fascination i'm just fascinated by school shootings the culture of school mm. shootings the fact that they're selling because i sent that the minion rucksack riddled with bullets down mm. the runway on the little on the school girl I remember and that. then like a few months later they're selling rucksacks in florida with bulletproof panels that you pull out mm-hmm. and you think it's like people could call you like overreactive or like oh, you're a female or whatever, but it's like, I'm just saying what's there. I'm just... What's already in the ethos. And that's why I kind of prefer calling what I do costume as opposed to fashion, because I do think it's... I'm not proposing this as like a utopian vision of like how people should dress. Like, this is just... These are, this is dress, this is costume. Um, <laughs> that's something that I really found my voice as, this idea that the clothes that I make could be this edible Cheeto crown and that's okay, you know? And it's, and it's as well, these are all just like, I'm mixing like these traumatic motifs with like the absurd. Mm. Like I kind of think there's something in just denying them the power, denying them that much power over you and sort of absolutely ridicule the, the culture that enables it. I completely understand that. And I have a question for you only because I have a point to make. Did you ever watch Degrassi? No. But I know the Drake in a wheelchair means. But you know the Drake in the wheelchair? Because I remember watching, like, when I was probably eight or nine, like, when the guy who shot Drake shot Drake in the school. And it was, like, the whole That's big like thing. That's, like, the only like, bit of Degrassi I've ever seen. Yeah. And, like, when that all happened, like, you would think, because that was also years before that whole kind of extreme kind of rush of like school shootings happen you would think at the time wouldn't you think again columbine again after sandy hook i realized gun reform would never change because if you're letting babies die these are kids yeah these are actual like toddlers six year old 
six year olds, six year olds, when you have no human, when you have no humanity for a five year old, right, who just wants to go to pre K, that was when I was kind of like, realistically, things will not change. And I want to get to spring 2020 because we're on that topic of, again, mass violence. And from mass violence, we go from that to cyber violence. At the beginning of this, you were talking about when the internet first became a thing for you. For me, I remember when the two, two very like random things, like don't laugh me when I say this. The two things that I remember being like trends of like, when I look at like, what's the word? Anthropology is um, not the right word, but- The zeitgeist? Kind of the zeitgeist. Yeah. I remember when cyberbullying became like a trend. And I remember when teen pregnancy became a trend. When, the, uh-huh. like, there was probably like maybe like three hours north of my town was where. Do you remember that movie, The Pregnancy Pact? No. It was basically like a, based on a true story where these like girls in high school all kind of like had a, like a pact to get like pregnant together in high school. It oh was my God. like I believe it. Oh my god, I believe it. It, it was yeah. a live. It was a lifetime movie. Like, but it, it was like a real story. Like that's when they started putting like daycares in schools and such oh yeah going off of this and jesse slaughter and spring 2020 can you talk to us about this collection because especially now more than ever like when i look at when i like walk down the street and i see why do these kids have phones they're eight where are you going who are you talking to what kind of where was your mind at when you started that collection I remember thinking like, oh, how do you follow that first show, Mm. which was this sort of study of America more in the past. Mm. And I I thought, oh, let's do the present. Let's, let's do this sort of, this will be this, the second part of the trilogy. Mm. Thinking about the present, it's just everything that we do is just so informed by like these, the construct of the internet that I remember I wanted to do a body of work on the story of, Jesse Slaughter for so long. They were one of the initial inspirations behind them all, even. And so I thought, oh, this is the this is the time to do it. Because as well, that whole story was a warning sign. It was like, and no one paid it any attention. Everyone just mm. thought, oh, it's, this is just some attention-seeking kid. And it's like, no, this is the way it's headed. This is what's going to happen. And even like, less so much their actions, more the actions of like these awful people online who were like preying on a vulnerable person. It's terrible. And then we ignored it. And then this is how you're just stuck in the world that we're living in now. And I just thought as well, what a wonderful story to tell the fashion crowd who haven't heard this story. And, um, and let's not say tell a story. I'm I'm just sending clothes down the runway, but I'm I'm showing. No, but no, it is a story again. Kids, I think it is. Yeah, I always I wonder if like, is. do I rely too much on a press release? But I I like to think that the clothes are just so incompatible, and they demand you to really stop and think, like to send down the mocap outfit, the motion capture outfit as the first yeah. look. I could have just done twelve of those, and then got away with it you know what I mean it was this that's like the central look of and also sorry I was onto something that was the spring summer 20 show and then mm. spring summer 20 yeah everyone was doing digital fashion no yeah like who was and then I sent what a death figure as closing the show 
Beth was trending for the spring summer twenty. Like, I mean, zeitgeist. I think I think there's something about just holding a mirror up to the world around you and actually saying what you really think is going on. Mm-hmm. Because in that instance, I was right. God damn it! You know. And I have a question for you. First of all, I have two questions. The first quick question is: I just want to know, just so the viewers can know, you do have more than one T-shirt, correct? Um, you do have more than one T-shirt, like. I just want everyone to know that, like, the T-shirt that you're wearing, the other one is not a cum rag. You have more. Okay, she has one for every day of the week. Oh, oh, oh. Um, well, I can't say for myself. But... No comment? No comment? No comment. No, no comment. comment. That's fine. That's no, fair. No I wanted to ask you a question because you just brought up a very important point, obviously. Again, she's a journalist first. And you just said, I don't want to rely too much on a press release. And we're talking about the digital age. What is your kind of take on fashion criticism now in the digital age? Well, that's the thing, because, like, I would write, I mean, Kaysian wrote the second press release. Mm. Stuff he was writing was just getting quoted verbatim. On, people are lazy. Um, in reviews, people are so lazy. And it's like, oh, you think, you think, oh, that the, 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 you know, they're exaggerating. They won't actually do that. Oh, they do. No, they do. They will just um, no. It's it's highlight, cut to the. I could write whatever I want in that press release, and they wouldn't even look at the clothes and see if it lined up. Mm-mm. You know, no one man should have all that power. It's it's terrifying when you really think about it. Because I, all I wanted to know was like a journalist's actual response to this, and they were just printing what I was, you know, what Casey was saying. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's crap. No, like no one wants that. No one wants that. Also, and then, we all reference our favourite people, the greats, Yves Saint Laurent, Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the industry then. Like, what are we doing? Like, we all know they were the best. Why are we not striving for that energy now? Why, why did it, when did it become so cynical? Absolutely. And also, back what you said about, back what you said about palatability. Yeah. And, like, why and also why when did critique need to become palatable you know we're yeah. all we're all artists we're all strong people like, i mean we, we have fragile egos every now and then but at the same time like you'd rather somebody like this is shit than like oh yeah this is nice like what does nice mean that's the thing it's like i just i don't set out to make nice clothes so it just kind of stumps me when people say they like my clothes because <laughs> i i fucking hate my clothes <laughs> like no like I, mm-hmm. I, i'm showcasing like the grotesque there's nothing here to like. It's, yeah. it's, um, I don't know. You can like my attitude and my spirit and, you know, but, um, don't tell me what you're bringing. You my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and from these three seasons, like, because again, you kind of, you know, you weren't doing fat. I mean, you were, you were doing fashion in the sense of styling photography, but you were always in your bag. But when you got to that kind of idea of, okay, I'm doing collections. Now I'm kind of seeing the other side, the behind the scenes of that. How did that make you feel? What was kind of your take when you kind of were enthralled in the other kind of side of it? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting to sort of go in there incredibly naive and think, you know, like, and see it from that side, like, people were telling me like why did you make all your trousers in that first show like you could have just bought them you know really yeah and I'm 
finding that out like after the trauma of making like <laughs> I think it was like, like seven pairs of black trousers yeah. <laughs> in a week so it's that for someone that's never learned how to make trousers um so you're kind of like learning on the job which mm. is there's, there's only one way to learn and it's on the job because you're you're learning all the wrong ways to do everything and you know what you'll never do ever again um yeah, it was just really interesting. It's interesting how little respect there is when people bury your clothes. Mm. It, it makes me want to be sick. Like, I just kind of, I really can't be bothered to just lend clothes to stylists that are going to shoot, like, really boring imagery, you know? And, like, not take care of it as they're on set. Yeah, at all. I mean, I thought it was kind of profound to do these, like, to lend clothes to, like, basic white backdrop editorials but I got sick of that real quick mm. yeah we were in the depths of Jamaica with people's clothes and they would not touch the floor yeah but because also that's, that's, your job. Respect. that's your fucking job yeah. that's your one job and that's also the respect that you have towards the clothes and I don't and I think respect is gone no no at all at all it's just it's it's um it's so sad I just think these stylists don't love clothes they just love. If they did. The images wouldn't look like that, no. <laughs> but going back to that, you know that again. You love clothes. Some people just love the industry. That's it. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, because I could do without the industry personally. I I don't want to be here. I say this all the time to everyone. The second that like I meet my Rome, which is a code word for rich old white man, I'm out of here. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, like I like what I do. I like my friends who do nice things. Yeah. But I don't. I it was kind of culture of like the project on ways that you're gonna do this. But the devil worst part of culture. What is it? What do you actually gain? What what do you gain? What do you gain but being a cunt because you can put a top and a pair of pants together? You better knit nicely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think somehow that got lost in translation. Like, and I think that's what's kind of sad about today. It's sad. It's just all these people that just, they want power. I do think it comes down to power. It's power. Absolutely, it's power. Um, yeah. Miss me with that shit. I'm out, you know? <laughs> I just want to do it. I think you and I are both on the same type of way that, like, we just want to do, like, things that we like and mind our business and like get a check. I can't imagine being like the horrible boss, you know, and then going home and looking at myself in the mirror. Cause we, it's, oh, I think it's what people don't have consciences these days. Yeah. And it's also that level of like, and I was saying this to someone the other day, it's a bit. Am I just so naive? I don't know. Are you? I, I think, I think what I've realized, I think what I've realized, which is very scary to me, is I say this all the time. I like my racist, racist. I like my homophobes, homophobic. I like people. I, right. I, like, I like to know where people stand, right? And what's very scary to me is that people now have. You could, if you're someone for me, like I'm a cancel, I see everything. Like I might not acknowledge it, but I clock it. You can always see where people's true intentions lie, right? You know, it was yeah. like when the whole resurgence of the Black Lives Matter thing happened. I. It was really sad for me that I gave people about three days before they said something for me to be like, I'm not speaking to you anymore. When in reality, like, it shouldn't take you 72 hours to watch a Black person die and be like, okay, wow, like, this is wrong, right? But what's very scary is that now we live in a world where people can read the room enough 
to know like okay even if i don't care about this i know that i need to pretend like i care because i, I can turn it on just enough just yeah. enough so i don't look like a bad person yeah right and i can still get the job and I, you know and, so, and i can still get the job and that's what everyone who didn't have enough emotional intelligence showed themselves with the whole black square thing because what, yeah. what did that do what did that do rosa parks like <laughs> but do you but do you know what i mean when i say that and yeah. that's and it's a very scary thing <laughs> to have to but did i lie i mean it was a lot of rosa parks were taking their seat that day no? everyone was like a hybrid of rachel Duzel and al sharpton <laughs> and it was like it was um it was, a it bad was really t- profound to witness it was really profound it was terrifying you just think, oh, that many people really do love the smell of their own farts. And I mean, that's a fetish, but like, that's not my business. But <laughs> no, but and it was very scary to realize how quickly people can turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I just don't even know what I think anymore. I just feel like scar tissue. Absolutely. You know, you feel... Um, and I think that's what they're kind of, that's what they rely on is mm. for you to absolutely be completely done by it. I don't know. That's no longer my business because what I've said, I say this all the time. I've, I clocked it. I saw it. I know move. all I can do is just deep down, just be my truth. That's all I can do. I'm not, I didn't have to perform it for anybody. Absolutely. I don't have to do if if I can look at myself in the mirror, I can look at myself in the mirror. And Absolutely. I'm happy. And listen, but you're not Sheeta Rivera, you're fine. Like <laughs> the performance can wait. Now let's get to fall twenty twenty because this is literally like let's talk about thriller, okay? This is thriller. This is the mall come to life. This This is, is I was thinking because the mall had originally been a video game, it was animated. Mm-hmm. This is the Disney live action remake. Okay. This is, people are actually going to see it in the flesh now. It's come to life. And after those three seasons, because when you think about it, like it actually is a very quick thing. Like that's what, like a year and a half oh my God, of your life. so quick. Yeah. Even more like a year. A year. Like when you think you do one show, second show, and then the third show is on the anniversary of your first. It's kind of weird. It goes even quicker than you really think. Girl. What 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 was that like to be? Obviously, like you're somebody like you love to be in new territory. You threw yourself in there. It was like go, bitch. And then by the end of it, what was that like going into that last season? What was that like for you? It was kind of like, as we'd said, I'd gone in so naive mm. and ignorant and oblivious. And by the final one, I was like, oh, I know, I know where I am. I'd never been so confident in myself to be like, to even base a show around that was so heavily referencing myself at that point. Mm-hmm. It was like the retrospective. It was like the greatest hits of someone that's only had three shows. So I kind of, I've never been so confident in a body of work than that. And I, st- I look at it and I just adore it even more than at the time. I just think like there's certain looks, the one with the red devil horns and the chicken mm-hmm. down the jock strap. That yeah, I girl. think oh, th- that's eternal. Like that's that's the look. That's- what was it? What was, what was the tea with look three or look forty four on Vogue Runway? Because again, like the girls want to know. I think it was like 
um, I grew up as well. We, we go back to um, I didn't read ID when I was a kid. I watched Jackass. Oh, like, do you remember on MTV? I watched yes. Jackass. I and Jackass to me is a magazine. It's like a series of stunts mm. as this like editorial. It's beautiful. It's these people, these models using their bodies to just tell a narrative and it's chaos and it's beautiful. And there's this one where Steve-O, he's tightrope walking over a, a alligator clo- enclosure and he's got, he's only wearing a jockstrap and he's got raw chicken down the back of it. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, styling. I was like, that's it. That's the look. And then but to put this like chicken down the front, it looked like a massive cod piece. It was yeah. kind of beautiful. It was a moment. And then, and then like later on, there's like the ice cream baseball cap, but then the ice cream's fake. So you're always asking like, oh, what food is real? What isn't? Like you kind of, you wish the chicken wasn't real, but it is. And then the Cheetos, like, a celebrity I won't name called in the Cheeto crown. And then when they found out they were actual Cheetos, they cancelled the call in. And you think, oh. well, what did you think they were? I was telling you this whole time what they were, but you didn't believe me, you know? It's really fascinating to witness. I might have smoked some weed before <laughs> I watched one of your shows. And I'm telling you, I still, to this day, I'm still, I still think about this a lot. When you said on your t-shirt, lamps in video games use real electricity, I think about this quite often. Like, it's one of those things that comes back to me. She's like, she's like, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, this was not solely me. But like, I think about this all the time. (laughs) It's a beautiful meme. I didn't come up with this. And people on Twitter were kind of getting worked up that I was like, I didn't tell anyone I came up with this. I just sent it down. You just, you just, put, you just put it on a t-shirt. I just put it on a t-shirt. Um, Period. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even sell the t-shirt. I'm not even, I'm kind of a great believer in not monetizing memes. Um, mm. But um, I just thought, again, that was such an important like phrase to put in front of a fashion audience. Mm. Like, I adore your reaction to that. I think that's marvelous. I think it takes <laughs> on another tone when you put it down the runway, which I think is really funny. When you pair it with that, like the Simpsons mask headpiece and like Mm. that boy was just gorgeous wearing it. Like that face. Oh, um, so yeah, it's in that frame. You do, I I think as well, I was so adamant on doing runway for all three of my shows because I love the pedestal that it puts ideas on. Mm. The pedestal of the runway of a moving body walking to nowhere, just parading is really profound. And it's something that I can't get from static presentations. I think Soft Criminal was really successful because it was this sort of uh, mugshot lineup of just all the accused criminal. I mean, it was sublime. Yeah. But it's just the runway at London Fashion Week is like unmatched. And are we not feeling that with all these digital shows? Like, do we not really miss these models walking to nowhere? Because I was going to ask you, also, sorry, this is like the final irony. I'm the, I'm the person, I made a video game saying runways are stupid, this is the future, and then I go and do four runway shows. Hey, clown. Don't release my video. <laughs> this is me putting on, no, they don't have video. I'm putting on the clown makeup right now. I'm All the, the clown makeup. Right All the wig. But yeah. it's that, um, of course I'm going to be a massive hypocrite in my work. It's my work, I'm allowed to be. It's your work also. Like everyone else yeah. in real life is a hypocrite. 
So I have a few questions to ask you just from like all of the gems that you just gave me. My first question for you is, you just said that you're a hypocrite and I know that you can go back and you can say I was wrong. Who, in your opinion, had the best runway walk of all time? Um, um, I love... The thing is, in my opinion, I love Kate Moss eating that magnum for Westwood. Really? Do you remember that? She's got mm-hmm. her little magnum and it's melting because the lights are so hot. And Yeah. But that's not that's not the book. That's Kate Moss eating a magnum. I think it's probably Naomi. We love Naomi. Naomi D squared airplane red cap. Yeah. You Google it. That's a fashion walk in her bag. Yeah. Um, and I want. Who do you think? Who do you who think? who do I think? They're just you know it's so funny. They're just so. I'm biased. Like I will always say, like my. Th- I have like probably top three. It's like Naomi because no one, no one's hips move like Naomi. No one's like that, that level of poise. But so I'd say Naomi's one. No, I'm not, no, there's no order, right? It's like my three would be Naomi, Pat Cleveland, mm-hmm. because that's an actress, right? That is a full yeah. situation. And then I'm going to give it to a newcomer as well. Aman Haman. I think the reason why this question threw me is because I don't give a shit about a walk. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm trying to think about it. I don't look at the walk. I look at the magnum. I look at like the, I just think it's like, you know, we grew up with like the, we kind of idolized the shows of Galliano and McQueen. It's like the St. Martin's way. Mm. You think just how much they imparted such a vision on these girls and told them how to walk. And you think about, Deborah Shaw walking for McQueen's Javanche. Legend. How magnificent it was. Ethereal. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of don't believe in that side of fashion where it's like girls are like, oh, that girl can't walk because, and you just think, fuck you, she's cool. Absolutely. Who's my favorite walk is that one Amy was laughing at in the face. (laughs) It's my favorite walk. There we go. That's what I, that's, that's what I mean. And, I was going to ask you, back to your final season. Speaking of the gag, right, when we talk about the soft criminal, not even soft because, like, he did mass destruction. Like, it's still fuck Bush any day. But your vote for Bush sweater, when you juxtapose yeah. it to where we are today, isn't it so funny how, like, the world that we lived in, like, at least somehow at least like people could still get along like so you could still at least like obviously yeah. it was, like, fuck bush but like you can still come to my house for dinner now it's like isn't it such a different time it's so and bizarre that, that fascinates me i'm obsessed with first of all let's get out of the way vote for bush it's like a pubic head you know vote oh. for gore on the uh, back <laughs> like he's got uh, his pubes out in the look <laughs> I'm I'm pretty. I'm not bright. I can't do both. Girl, but babes, it should have been zipped down a little bit lower. Oh, or, or, he just had just also, enough out. Models rights. Models and then he rights, turns around. Rights, he turns around. Models rights. Models rights. Models rights. He turns around and it says "vote for Gore." So it was. It's the. It's the sort of bipartisan by sweat. The gag. Bye. But um, I just think. There's so much I'm fascinated with how people can't be in the same room as their political enemy, how they kind of 
can't, that refusal to sort of talk. Mm. I'm also kind of obsessed with this idea that the right is anarchy at the moment. Um, mm. This idea that like a vote for Brexit was a vote, it was like a punk vote. It was a vote for anarchy. Um, that a vote for Trump was a vote against the establishment. Like, in what way could you tell someone in the year 2000 that a vote for, that a Republican vote would be anti-establishment? It's There's been such a shift in mm. the way that we've been taught the world exists and how it actually exists now. It's, like, like incredible to think about. And then we're just going to see what happens in November, won't we? But... I mean, I've I've already done my happen. I've already done my international ballot. Uh, you so sent it off. Amazing. I sent it off this week because I was like, "Listen," and guess what? I sent my ballot off ahead of time, the first time, and guess what happened? But you know what's funny? You know what? As we just talked about this, it's funny to see how people have changed in four years. Yeah, because again, that whole idea of like you can't people can't even be around their like political enemy, right? I had two best friends, right? Both white women. One didn't vote in 2016. And I kind of just like, again, it was a fine, it's fine. The other one lied and said he didn't vote, but then I found out later. Oh my God. And then in June- Wait, wait, wait. she lied saying she didn't vote. She lied and said she didn't vote. And then we were drunk one night, like years later. And I found out that she had voted Exactly. Revelations, right? And then when it came book to... Book of Revelations. Book, the whole book. And then when the whole thing happened in June, right? The girl who's like still my best friend to this day, like apologized at length, unprovoked, and was like, listen, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that like I didn't show up for you as a friend. I've donated. I've researched. Like, we don't... Like, you don't need to like do anything for me. Like, I'm going to do it myself. And that kind of level of like accountability... Right. That's I I consider that growth. I think everyone can grow and evolve and heal. I'm a firm believer of that. And then the other um, one. Yeah. And then the other one, right? I was girl, I was posting every day. Like I was I to be fair, I'm so traumatized at this point that I don't actually remember June. But it took her tw- I tw- it was twelve days of me posting and she watched every story. Mm-hmm. And I remember remember that remember that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians when Kim gets her Bentley? Never seen the show because you love yourself. But anyway, I stopped become I I only stopped being a masochist in 2020. There's an episode <laughs> when like Kim is like you guys are all. It was like in the early seasons. Kim was like you guys are all jealous of me. Okay, yeah. And she's crying and she's crying. And Chloe is like, do you hear her crying? Do you hear her crying? I don't give a fuck. And I posted that and I was like, this is how your black friends feel when you don't actually like care about black lives. And my friend saw that and did nothing. And then I had to block her on everything because I was like, you're actually dead to me. You're dead. Like, and I don't believe in Ouija boards. Like, I like mediums, but like, I'm not gonna like you know summon them myself. So when you're done, you're done, you're dead. And like, I don't. When I lock a door, like if I'm gonna leave the house, I'm gonna lock every door. I'm not gonna leave a door open. So that's like, you're f- everything's done. So change the lock. Change the, the doors close. The doors close, and it's just very funny again. Like how one how times have changed. Two how people have. To people, that's what I'm saying. People can choose or not choose to change. Did I lie? Yeah, I, I believe that it's a choice, it's and a choice. in the same, in the same breath, I kind of adore people that have the courage to be like, 
oh god i was wrong like i love that because and, we're all human and kind of invest in themselves to change um, and donate which is why i and and you kind of i'm kind of worried that um something i've noticed in the last week is that there's kind of loads of memes of like it's kind of cool to vote again like people are saying like i just i like to see that it's in the memes now yeah it's in the ether because i think that actually it's in the ether completely because for a while it was like i'm not going to partake in the system and that was the meme and you think and, oh and look great. what that did the yeah. first time look hey, what that did the first time yeah yeah well well girl now let's get to the fun seat oh my god because we've we've talked about you everything listen we could talk about you for days but you're also our pop culture icon our queen i need to get some of your takes on what is going on in a game that I'm calling Diva Dish? Diva Dish. Diva Dish. Dishing Diva on dish. the divas. Yeah. First of can all... I, can I just preface this? Yes. I personally believe pop culture died in 2009. I believe so as well. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something. For me, my favorite day of the week was... I don't know. I'm going to listen my brain again. Trauma, like, blocking's out. Whatever day the tabloid, I think it was a Friday, whatever day the tabloids came out used to be my favorite day of all time because I would go to CVS, I would get Us Weekly, it went Us Weekly, and then In Touch, then was Us Weekly, In Touch. I think Life and Style was third because I knew it was like lies, but it was tea. And then People for Me was fourth because I was like, oh, these are real stories, real people, bullshit. But Us Weekly was always the first. And like waiting for you to say the National Enquirer. Who? Oh my god! Okay, fine. It was just the track. It's like the toilet paper rag. I don't. Fine. I don't, it's not I on your radar. It's not it, on your radar. It was not. It was not on my radar. It was never. It was never that girl. Yeah. Um, fine, babes. Exactly, as you just said, it was the trash. But to me, like Us Weekly was everything, and that specific era of like because I remember I graduated. I went from like teen people and like j14 and like i remember i remember when i graduated to us weekly and i say this all the time i remember when i was like i remember the first time Lindsay lohan got arrested and i asked my mom for a dui because i was like oh my god Lindsay has one and my mother was so disgusted with me like she just kind of looked at me and she just was like where did i go wrong like what what did I do? And I remember, I remember, I, I, remember I, 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 it was, it was such earnestness. Like my eyes were broad. I was like, mom, can I get a DUI? And mom was like, what? Like she was, she, you know, it's just like so just disgust, just disgusted. Yeah. Um, uh. I believe it died. I believe, I think one for the better, because I think paparazzi culture is one of the most disgusting things of all time. If you look at this picture. Did you ever forget your DUI? No, I didn't. Cause I don't know how to drive. It's another thing that we're the same. Yep. Me because neither. also my thing is I'm young for I was always young for my year and I'm black right so my thing was why am I going to first of all one I also don't trust myself on a car one why am I going to ever have to be a designated driver like if you don't yeah. if you don't have a license no one's ever going to trust you with your car okay you know what you can't drink drive if you can't drive exactly and also can we just talk about that era of like when drunk driving was a thing because in my mind I'm like you girls. I don't understand LA culture, but like you girls were all out here doing like class A's. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I also think, I mean, I also was never like an adult, like before Uber, but like, I can't even imagine like you girls really would just like drink, you just all go to town, drink, and like just pull off home. Yeah, for sure. 
back to freeing our white queen um, who always stays in white women's business. Spears, how are you feeling about our icon today? I think it's like, um, I think she has the realest social media presence out of any of her era, any sort of star. Mm. Hers is my favourite Instagram to follow. This is before maybe the last three months. I think she's the queen of quarantine mm-hmm. because she knows what it's like to live in isolation. Mm. That's think, very interesting. Um, yeah, I think there's so much to learn from Britney Spears. I think as Britney fans, we knew it all along and it's kind of funny that everyone's so interested now. Mm. I don't know what it took for people to get so interested because we've known for a long time that none of it's right. Absolutely. Um, and more than anything, you just I just really want her to be happy. And like, I really, I just don't need another album. Just like, be the mum that you want to be. No? You've lived. Your, your whole legacy is already cemented. She's can... given us so much. Like, and the all... least we could do is just like, let her be, you know? And everything that she's been through and been up against. And she's had to take it all on the chin. And when you said that, like, when you said the whole thing of like, it's very interesting of like, why people want to know now. It, isn't it funny how... It took everyone to be stuck in the house to care about like black lives. I know that everyone's stuck in the yeah. house, right? And like they're against their own will. Now you're like, oh my god, wow! Like maybe that was wrong that like she's just like in her house. Like maybe it's wrong that she has no rights. When the whole time it was jokes. The whole time it was like just a complete she bombarding. Was a, she you know was what like I mean? a punching bag. Yeah, a punching bag. Yeah, and that's the only reason why I'm glad. Like celebrity, listen, we all love some tea. We all love it back in magazines when they would be like. That, they'd have that one really like bitchy quote, like you know, you know that you know the page I'm talking about, like in a tabloid, yeah, uh, like. But what? At least now people have their own voice, but like it's very sad that also like, Britney doesn't. You can tell that like, it's it's like hit or miss, like like what is her, what is not her, and like, don't believe the media, girl. We we know you've all been saying that, but like, I remember when I saw it for the record for the first time and I cried. Uh-huh. Yeah, because when she was just sitting there and she was like. Even when you're in prison, like you have a release date, uh-huh. that like tore- it's all there. And you know when she be she'd always be in the press because she was wearing the same clothes over and over. And you think, oh, so Britney's the sustainable queen. Like but- Britney doesn't Britney doesn't need to fill herself up with like material possessions. The moment that she was like suddenly this communist queen at the very beginning of lockdown, do you remember? Yeah, when she what was like communist means. When she was like, when I was poor, I didn't have anything, and now that I'm rich, I get everything that I want for free, and it makes no sense. Girl, like I feel like Britney's the you know what I mean? It's always the Britney's the one person I just I don't know. You just always feel very protective of her because she's very less, Did you like. See- David LaChapelle's Instagram post. About the Make Me video. Absolutely. Absolutely. About Make Me. And then for every time, the brief was, I want to die. Yeah, she was like, I just want to drown. Like, oh my God. But you know, it's so funny. And I always I always make this joke with... The one song that I've always related to about her most is Lucky. That's always been the one song for me. Yeah. I'm always like, you know, and it's kind of that foreshadowing of your life. And like... Yeah. Like mental health is very nuanced, you know. People also that Roberta Cavalli, that Roberta Cavalli white robe fab, but exceptional, exceptional, and like the way that she just, it's it's just so sad. Like, I think about like who I was speaking to someone the other day. We're gonna get into Paris in a second, but like imagine if Parasol and Sex Tape came out in the era of Me Too. 
what would that have changed? You know, the way that Britney was sexualized and the way that her virginity was always on the table. Like, imagine if that, imagine if someone had asked that now. um, It's akin to Princess Diana. Absolutely. The the lamb to slaughter. It's like tale as old as time. The Mm. sort of the sacrificial virginal. Sacrificial lamb. Yeah. It's very sad. And no one did. Yeah. And no one did Britney like Britney. I'm sorry. No one had no. like that. As, 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 as like a, like a phenomenon. And that's what I mean. It, me and Sam always love Britney. It's all Janet as well. Do you it's, know? It's, that's it. It's white Janet. White Janet. White Janet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was never Madonna. It was never Madonna. No. If you look at the, if you look at the dance formations, it's white Janet. It's white. The, do you know what I mean? It's white Oh my God, you had the nerve of saying it's Madonna. Because no. you're lazy. And you know what's so funny? I consider yeah. Rihanna more in the same vein as Madonna than Britney. Yes. I give Britney white Janet and yes. I give Rihanna Madonna. Because that uh, idea of constant reinvention. Janet, like, yeah. has been with Jimmy Jam and Terry for 25 years. Yeah. We are, do you know what I mean? Whereas Rihanna is always going to be trying to defy and defy and defy. Britney just wants to just do her thing. Janet wants to do her thing. And it's that same, this is what I'm saying, we see it. Thank you. Because people also, in that time, they only looked at race first. And then we talk about people being lazy, right? You see a white girl and they were giving her, was it Debbie Gibbons at first? That's, you know what I mean? That was a kind of that first like reference of like, no, but it was, she was white Janet. Thank you. Thank I'm so glad I got, you're going to, you're going to be back on more often. And I loved it. I'm so, I'm so happy that you came. This really means so much to me. And like, you are the doll. You're the icon. You're the queen. And like, again, she's a brain. Okay. Like, I'm glad you didn't get a lobotomy before this, but. For a second there, I thought you said she's a brand. I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> she, she, realized, she realized she is the communist queen. She's not a brand. Yeah. Um, and speaking of another white woman, Paris Hilton, that document, first of all, we all know that Paris Hilton is a very smart woman. We've always known this, but yeah. that documentary, that documentary hurt to watch. Like, it was deep. Yeah. I was, I started the documentary thinking like Paris used to accommodate such a huge part of like the space in my brain mm. and she, and she doesn't anymore. But I used to, she was such, she was pop and, and I was so interested to go into this documentary and revisit that part of myself that mm. used to sort of, that was so obsessed with her. Because I was part of like the Tumblr resurgence of Paris and Lindsay Nicky culture, this sort of, it, it became it, it it became a nostalgic object again. So I was just excited to sort of revisit it, and I just came out. I thought it was such a well put together documentary. I thought it was absolutely exactly like the perfect way to frame where she's at now. And it's like you come for Paris and then you stay for like Provo and you stay for this like traumatic story. It was good. I didn't know. It's one of those things you didn't know how much you needed to watch it until you'd finished it. And imagine, and it's also the idea of it would have never gotten the same reception if it didn't happen now. Do you know what I mean? Remember when she did that documentary before and she kind of like explained the voice and we were all kind of like, hey, Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But like, the time that we're in now, everything I feel yeah. like is so much more poignant. She did feel like now was the time she felt comfortable to talk about it. And that the other survivor had said, like, a lot of people, it takes this amount of time. Mm. Like, 
I found that very interesting. I thought it was great. And also that kind of idea of like, yeah, she was the first. Listen, there've always listen. There've always been so. I loved hearing about been her New York days. I loved hearing about the New York days because and I didn't she was know that much girl. About oh no, that, that was girl. my. She was that girl, and like seeking yeah. out. Of, imagine seeking out of like the Waldorf, like yeah, that. And then the inevitable line where she's like, and that was when I met David LaChapelle and my life changed. And it was so nonchalant. It was like, well, that was when I got the internship. But like now I just met David LaChapelle and I stuck into like my grandfather's estate. And she stood in that room and then it cuts to the picture. It's magnificent. Absolutely. I love and that. even when we talk about like trauma, like when I watching her boyfriend that hurt like to just like physically watch like when they were at that festival and she cuts and she cuts off the wristband and he's like that footage is gold imagine making that documentary and you're watching this happen live in front of you and and your camera is rolling and capturing this oh my god i my heart stopped beating it was yeah a phenomenal moment and at least that she's in a place in her life now like where she's allowing herself to be vulnerable in that way and like allowing herself to be seen and my favorite thing not my favorite but like watching the like the parallel of like first of all let's also say this quickly paris hilton has the best work of any celebrity of all time all time yeah it's been a natural evolution yeah and not even like do you know what you know exactly what i'm saying I was also watching it thinking she is the original influencer. She shaped this world. We're living in her timeline. She's not living in anyone else's timeline. She created this. Exactly. And that's profound. And it still looks the same. But my favorite parallel is looking at her and looking at Nikki. Oh my God. Yeah. Because Nikki was, listen... Nikki is Kathy 2.0. Yeah, good for her. Can you imagine, like, the flex of having, like, Hilton and Rothschild on your passport? I know, yeah. Growing up, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Rich, rich. And yeah. also, imagine, like, their kid, Hilton Rothschild. But when you were growing up, did you relate more to Paris or to Nicole? Growing up, I thought I was Paris. And then the older I got, the more I realized I was Nicole. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You think you're, like the blonde puppet and really I'm like the um the Rottweiler. Yeah. The... <laughs> Nicole was low key yeah. mean. Like <laughs> she was mean. She was mean. Yeah. Funny as hell. <laughs> funny funny. So funny, but like she was low key like rude. Like Yeah. But I thought I was the um yeah, I think that's my reality. Growing up I thought I was Nicole and then when I moved to London everyone was like, I'm gonna know your parents. And I was really How hurt. interesting. I can't. But do I do I do I give off Paris? You give off big Paris energy. Really? I thought I give off Nicole. <laughs> well, let me think about it. Maybe in the DMs I'm Nicole. <laughs> well, in the DMs you're Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> but in the club you're Paris. Who are you kidding? I was like, hi. <laughs> do you remember clubs? They do I remember when everyone got in the same room and drank for you. I'm drink. triggered. I'm really triggered by that. So I give up Paris. To be fair, I do love. I do love just to be like, look at me. I think a big part is the silhouette as well. Oh, you're calling me skinny. Yeah, I'm calling you really skinny. Oh, th- this is all an audio. This will always be archived. So it's not I'm skinny. But <laughs> as pop culture as that, if you had to give 
also like what an it girl means is so different now because it's no longer yeah. cool to be dumb. It's no longer cool to just be rich. Yeah. Like who, because to me, the only person that was giving me hope was remember, do you know Nicola, Nicola Peltz? Is it Pets? Like the, the blonde girl, billionaire, acts every now and then. Nicolina Peltz. I don't recognize this person. She's best friends with like Sophia Ritchie. I, I literally don't recognize this person. That's what I'm saying. We she's help. pretty. She's pretty. She's oh, is she with Brooklyn Beckham? I think she. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was like my last hope, but okay. To you, obviously, but also, but also, I think we need like people like with influence to like be have brains. Like, if you had to give one girl like the it girl of our generation, who would it be? But like, the thing is, I think it's Rihanna. But is she an it woman? She's an it. It. She's it. She's it. She's because I, I don't know if that's satiating the question you're asking. Mm. But for me, it's as we were talking about of her being the sort of the millennial Madonna of millennial Madonna. New, I think I think that's perfect. New album, new haircut of the idea of reinvention of mm. having the nerve to just not make music anymore because you don't have to because you're fucking Rihanna. Because you're Rihanna. Um, it, that's and then to turn your eye to like making the makeup that the makeup industry refuses to make mm. and then go to bank with it and then do the same like suddenly like kill Victoria's Secret in one fell swoop quickly. The bitch has nerve and it's kind of paying off, and so not- she does everything I need in a knit girl, absolutely. Uh, she does it for the culture, but maybe she does. Maybe she does too much for like what an it girl needs to be doing. No, but I th- I don't think so because she's shown that you can actually do whatever the fuck you want, and I think that's where we are in society where like you can actually do everything you want. And you know what's yeah. so funny? I always say, do you remember that? Was it tw- was it spring summer twenty fourteen? The Chanel show when it was like the supermarket. I think it was twenty fourteen. Oh my god, yeah. my mind. Oh, child. Let me I think it was. <laughs> remember that picture of. Rihanna, Joan Smalls, and Cara Delevingne with like the shopping cart. Cara Delevingne, yeah. And it's like Chanel branded guest. I always, I always think to myself, that was the day Rihanna decided that like she was going to take over. That in my mind is the day. I love that. When she looked around and she was like... And she's got a heavy bang. She's got uh, a really... It's, it's, a, it's a blunt. It's in that, it's in, she, lit the, she lit the blunt and the bang was blunt. And I always think in my <laughs> mind... I always think that specific day was the day she was like, I want fancy toilet paper, fancy mascara... Fenty wow, pineapples. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That in my mind, that's what like that's my first thing when I think of that picture. I think that was the day she decided. I gave you all one album every year for like six years, and y'all didn't appreciate yes. it. I didn't even say my name properly yeah. for like five of them. So oh you know God. what? Yeah, oh <laughs> but did I? But did I lie? So she was like, I not- remember. I had like the special edition of Loud when it, and there was like a behind the scenes of the making of. And I think she had just registered Fenty as a business. Mm. Like she'd like the wheels were turning of something and they were like, there was like in jokes and they were talking about Fenty this, Fenty that. And that's something I really want to revisit actually. Now that you were saying that, I want to see what like the seeds were for this like empire. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, like she nailed it. Speaking That's of loud, speaking of loud, one of the most underrated pop albums. I'm sorry. Yeah. It really loud and rated R mm. hit me in the nostalgia so hard. 
Like those were the formative albums without a shadow of a doubt. Rihanna with a mullet one, but Rihanna with red hair was very powerful. Iconic. That Iconic. Was also sort of, that was when Rihanna started becoming Rihanna the meme. Mm. When everyone had red hair in the class because Rihanna. <laughs> the sort of, do you remember the picture of her next to Sideshow Bob? And it was, it started yeah. becoming, Rihanna became this sort of, uh, uh, everyone knew the name Rihanna. She was the sort of the talking point. And it um, was, yeah. Rihanna the meme is so interesting to me because the classic one would be her at the China Met Gala. Absolutely. Like that is the, that was the world stopped revolving in for one second and all eyes were on Rihanna. And the formative years. And do you remember that VMAs and it was, like, I, I don't know, I think we both remember like photo, like photo people, like that picture yeah. of her, yeah. Kesha, Katy Perry, and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. That's Looking at Gaga's like, neat dress. Yes. That was like the, yeah. again, like that, like the end of like what the pop phenomenon Kesha sat next to Dr. Luke. Doesn't that date the picture? Let me, let me, let me take a swig of my wine quickly. Nice big swig. Uh, it's uh, beautiful. The sheer disgust on Kesha's face is... Hey, Kesha, the, um, every day. Isn't Justin's there and he's, his posture's terrible and he's just like, what's going on? I was like, what is this? But Katie, you know, it was the era where Katie kept wearing like ice skating costumes. Exactly. She always looked like a figure skater. Tonya Harding of pop. <sighs> anyway, shout out to I, Tonya. Shout out to Margot Robbie as well. <laughs> shout but out not, to Margot Robbie. But not her stylist, because that's she's that's rude. I don't like white on white crime, and I feel like... But the second you sign with Chanel, like your stylist is just a sort of emailer, no? Anyway, um, back to the current state of pop. The current state of pop. I feel like pop music is actually coming back and like we're actually trying to get like girls in their bag again. Who would you say is exciting you in pop today? I think you're asking the wrong person because you don't give a I, fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I listen to like rock. I listen to like, uh, I'm kind of, because I grew up with all like, the pop. greats, the pop greats. I, I grew up with like our era of pop. I'm revisiting maybe the rock albums that, that I neglected mm. through my teenagers. So I'm having a sort of second adolescence. I love that. Um, I love that for me. Miss Dua Lipa keeps wearing my clothes. So I love Dua Lipa the meme. Um, I don't, I really don't know who else is making music right now. That's fair. I can give you like, I'm like your playlist. Throw names at me. Throw names at me. I think Chloe and Hallie are doing the most interesting in terms of like arrangement and like innovation. I think we need to get back to the point of let you, because I feel like in my mind, because you know me very well, I always feel like I'm 28 years old. Like, do you know what I mean? I think uh-huh. I, I feel like I was born in like, you're like, you, like I can't do math, like early 90s. Like in terms of like, Ninety-two would make you twenty-eight. Wow, she she's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss United Kingdom. <laughs> I miss the idea of the black pop star when you had Maya, when you had Ashanti, when you had Kristen Million, you had all the right, black yeah. girl brand, even Brandy Aphrodisiac pop, like popular culture. I would love to see Normani release music. I I can't think of her right now because like that hurts my soul. I think Brie Runway is doing innovative things i think i don't i don't believe men deserve anything anymore 
<laughs> I think I don't. It's no, it's no one got my business. You've yeah. you, you've had all of that patriarchy. You don't use it properly. I think I'm excited for women to do their thing in pop. That's kind of it for me at this point. I think as well, like we touched on it earlier with Janet, but something that has not aged well is the reaction to the Super Bowl when Janet got cancelled. You think about the way that. Um, Justin, that 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 to, white that to white man rip off a costume, and then for the woman wearing the costume to have her career like ridden over with a steamroller. You know, it's so funny. It hasn't aged well at all, has it? In second year, I did a paper on it, and yeah. just and like defended her to death. And again, Justin Timberlake is white mediocrity to me. White mediocrity. Yeah, and the fact that. that his career only thrived for like three reasons. One, his relationship with Britney. Two, what he did to uh-huh. Janet. The fact that he and that same weekend could go to the Grammys and Janet could not, but that Janet's career was blackballed. It's incredible. Blackballed yeah. by Les Moonves, who was later accused of sexual assault. See how that works? Um, the fact that his greatest... Also, I believe she was wearing McQueen when it happened. Was it McQueen? It was McQueen. And that's the moment that triggered YouTube because no one had a resource to go see the video. The so, same way that J-Lo's Gorilla Glue dress... Please don't bring up that woman anymore. If, I know, and the way they... Yeah. I get the point, I get the point. But you know what's so funny about Janet? No, not Janet. It's always... Listen, it's we, we ride for Janet to the day we die. But when you actually listen to J-Lo's songs, and I never... And people always say this, but I never actually... Like, I never took the time to the other day because I had a lot of time. If you actually listen to those early... So, like those early rock albums, none of the songs sound the same because it just sounds like whatever background vocalist was on at the time. Oh my god! Yeah. If you actually go back, <laughs> but like the, you know what I mean? Like when she would no, but like when there were like the Brandy numbers, and you just you hear Brandy's voice, and it's like, why do you not sound the same? And like people, people love to come for Britney all the time, but at least Britney has a very distinct voice. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it when it's a jailer record, you actually it's different every time. It's like who is this woman? If it didn't say jailer on the credits, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, I I'm familiar with the singles. Um, I love the movies. I love the films. I love the films. Yeah, I love the films, and she's ethnically ambiguous. I love those. Were you Were you made in Manhattan? No, I was definitely um, Monster in Law, and I'm Jane Fonda. Okay, oh my god. <laughs> like that film was really formative in my life. But I need to get to something because we're gonna wrap up, but we need to also get to something that I think is very important. Because you and me, both of us are not very bullshit type of people. We are living I don't have it in me to lie. I don't. I I'm actually a very bad liar. Like if I don't like something, I don't say it. Like and then my face my face is very honest. So, like, my eyes tell the yeah, truth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What? That, like, my eyes tell everything? That your face, your face is honest. Yeah. <laughs> Please, leave me alone. We're in a time where you see it from the highest of fashion to the most commercial. Everyone is now trying to be in this day of reckoning, diversity, inclusion, this, that, the next. And 
we went from white, 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 Chanel, white, 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 Joan to like, wow, it is that we are the world cast today. Yeah. Fashion is in this time of quote, quote, change. But what is it that like the industry is still holding a blind eye to and no turning a blind eye to? And what do you think is the kind of like biggest issue that like people need to address now? I think the thing that really bugs me is that the kids have been saying what's wrong for so long. And mm-hmm. now the people that are going to get, that are going to benefit from the changes are going to be the people that were upholding the wrong stuff for so long. Mm. You see all these journalists, people in incredible positions of power in the industry were commenting on shows and letting them slide. And now they're the ones calling for great change. And you think, okay, so you've made your buck upholding the values you're now condemning. And now you want to make the buck. And now you've sort of, these huge conglomerates are in such a good position to start doing diversity because they can afford to because they've benefited from not doing it it's on wgsn um, it's a trend now so now they're going to be the ones to reap the ball well, the kids who this is their truth mm. can't compete it's just such a shitty state of affairs I, I mean another parallel would be like you see the great big petrol companies across the world are now investing in renewable resources. And it's like, you could have done that the whole time, but you're just choosing now. Just you've had, you've made the decision now because it will make you the most amount of money. That's what I see. And that's what leaves a horrible taste in my mouth. Um, It's just gross. It's gross. And like, it's very disheartening. We can see, we know the brands we fuck with. We know the people. We know who we fuck with. We know who doesn't. Absolutely. Um, and the thing is, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm not the customer. My opinion literally doesn't. They don't care what I think and because I don't and, buy their clothes. And that's the thing. Like, everyone listens to me, like, oh my God, yeah, fuck them. And then you see them wearing the clothes. So what is the truth? What is the Sojourner yeah. truth? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Money rules. It, doesn't, it just doesn't matter what some kid who thinks they know what they're talking about thinks because they don't need to please me. Because you know, people people lose their people lose their values real quick for a bag. Real quick. And not even their bag, yeah. the bag that they pay for. Yeah. And it's cheap as well. How much a value should be. Um, mm. it's cheap. Can I ask you a question as you kind of wrap up through all of this, the highs, the lows, because we're I'm gonna I need you we also we're gonna have you back because we have just touched I on this. I've loved this. You've just talked, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. We've touched on the surface. Like, I know they also, and thank you so much for your time because you've given me a lot of it. And like, I'm just so grateful that you've been here and you're going to be back. But before your part two, through all of this, through the highs, the lows, the greats, the unfortunate realizations, what's kind of been the best kind of thing that you've learned through all of this? That's like a lot. What I've really realized the last few months weeks is that I'm so I'm so confident in the work that I make because I think I've realized the work I make I make work about uh virtuality and fashion and Mm. that's and it doesn't necessarily mean digitality it means virtuality it means um in essence but not in actuality 
And so I kind of understand, I've seen so many people make 3D generated garments and think, why doesn't that do for me what I thought it would do? And it's because it's still people repeating the same mistakes just in another medium now. Mm. Um, what's really interesting is this idea that fashion at its core operates in a virtual world. It doesn't need a computer to show that virtual world. Everyone's sitting in a room clapping at the same time for these clothes walking down. It's so creepy and weird. And to sort of almost method perform it as a designer showing on schedule at Fashion Week has been like the wow moment, like the aha moment. Like, I get it. I'm trying to make sense of like the senseless. Um, that's where I'm at right now. And I'm kind of really confident with that. I've never been more confident in my work than that. That's a beautiful so thing. Happy. That's beautiful. And that's also beautiful to listen. Confidence does not come overnight. No. So it's I mean, very beautiful to hear. If you'd known me at the age of 14, you'd have thought he'd never be confident, you know? And look at you, you're that bitch. Okay. And now I'm just like that. And the shit that I sent down the runway, it do take nerve. Mm. And it's, yeah, fearlessness. Yeah. And also pushing yourself to be fearless. Because obviously we all have fear, but like, you still yeah, do it. Okay. Like you could, you could, yeah. at, the, at the last minute you could like take off the hat, but it went down. For the love of the image, you know, that's it. For the love of the work. The, yeah, that's it. My love, what is next for you? What should we be looking forward to? What is the tea? What's all of the gag? I am working on something that is behind the most beautiful NDA you have ever seen. Be hung in MoMA. Oh my God. Uh, the NDA is a work of art and it should be out actually quite soon. So we'll see. Thank you so much, beautiful. I love you so much. I'm always rooting for you. I'm so grateful that you came onto OTT today. You are a light in a world of buffoons. So thank you for being you. Thank you for being <laughs> the icon, the queen. Where can, I know she's anti-establishment, but like, again, we've got to plug our guest. Where can people no. find you on socials? Where can employers find you? Where can people who have a check find you? She's on, yeah, um, like email me directly if you have money, but um, Instagram, <laughs> Gareth <laughs> underscore writing. Um, and I do, my website's actually important to me because I fucking hate Instagram, uh, GarethWrighton.com. Perfect. I love you so much. First of all, thank you guys for joining in today to OTT. We're back whenever I feel fit because I do things on a Beyonce schedule when I want, but usually it's every week. Oh my God. Thank <laughs> you so much. Please read the room. Please donate to causes that are important. Please read the news with your eyes. Um, please don't be a slacktivist. Be an activist. Be a bad bitch, not just a bitch. Love you so much. Bye.